0: real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week individual results may vary hello hello everyone hello from sundance john we missed you we missed you so so much
1: <sighs> i i was bummed out the entire weekend like I just, I'm so, I'm so angry that I live in a place that is so cold that it hinders travel. How dare I?
0: I get it. I get the disappointment weather sadly is, is out of our control. I wish like, I wish there was something we could have done about that. We've missed you here quite a bit. Um, clearly I'm, I'm still here for, for everybody out there watching on a scale of one to 10, how blurry is my video right now? Ten being like, you look damn good. One being, what, what did you say? Like, you look like a potato. 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 <laughs> is that like a, a wonky Wi-Fi thing? A potato? Or is it because my hat looks like a potato? I don't know. It's
1: just general, like, internet slang for bad <laughs> hardware.
0: Okay. Honestly, um,
1: right now, right now you look fine. A little bit ago you didn't you didn't look as good, but your video quality looks fine right now.
0: I so. did just look on uh on the Twitter live stream and it looked pretty good. Looks pretty good. Let's
1: let's cross our fingers and hope that it stays that way.
0: Not that I want everybody to see my super sleepy face in HD right now, but we're oh, here. Good.
1: You look great. You don't look that tired. <laughs>
0: well, I thought we would we would do a, a little Sundance recap because that is like one of the hottest events in the film industry going on right now. I was lucky enough to see a whole bunch of movies, do a bunch of interviews as well. And I figured I want to throw a lot of questions your way, John, just so I hit anything you might be curious about. But I wanted to start with, at the very least, my three favorite films of the festival. So, for some of them, I want to just like read the brief description because I don't want to teeter anywhere near spoiler territory, especially with one of them. But my, my top three movies of Sundance 2024, beginning with number three on that list, would be Your Monster, the new Melissa Barrera movie, which I absolutely loved. Um, the synopsis for that one is after her life falls apart, soft-spoken actress Laura Franco finds her voice again when she meets a terrifying yet weirdly charming monster living in her closet. It's just the ultimate genre mashup. There, there is usually, I don't want to close myself off to any genre. I stay open to everything. But, you know. Romantic comedies aren't always my top priority. I thought the rom-com elements of this movie were like impossibly charming. Like the, the connection that happens between her character and Monster. It works so well, and I'll shout out to the uh, shout out to the actor playing monster in the movie Tommy Dewey, who I think handles the, uh, you know, the makeup and prosthetics work exceptionally well. And whoever designed the uh, the prosthetics in that movie, it works really well too, because, you know, he looks like a monster, but his performance also comes through all of that makeup, which is not an easy thing to do. So, there's romantic comedy stuff that works really well. It dips into darker territory, which I found really effective. A lot of the story is um affiliated with a musical theater show, which I thought added a really nice touch to it. It literally is doing everything. And I I think it does everything very, very well, which is not easy to do. Hmm. How's that one sound to you,
1: John? That that actually sounds fantastic. I'm actually there are people in chat who are asking about like streaming options for because I do know that some of the films are available for streaming. I was looking to see if that one is because that's one that I will actually watch, but it doesn't look like it is.
0: That one is not available. I, I've yeah. heard I haven't really done much much digging into this just because um, you know, I was just focused on whatever interviews I had to do, but at this point I need to start looking into the online screening options. And I've heard from others that a lot of the midnighters aren't available online for whatever reason. So that one is not available. Um, my second favorite is also a Midnighter, and I fear it's also gonna be unavailable. I'm sorry, folks. Yeah, it is also unavailable. It's called It's What's Inside. This is the one that I'm especially concerned about staying well clear of spoilers on. So the synopsis of that one is a pre wedding party descends into an existential nightmare when an estranged friend shows up with a mysterious suitcase. That is a very accurate description. There is so much more to that movie that I can't fully explain to you right now. It really is an exceptional ensemble piece. And the only way the core concept of this movie can work is if I think in my tweet, I described it as like acting gymnastics. And I mean that truly. This concept would not work unless you have actors who can man, I don't even know how to describe this accurately without ruining any, anything here, but they're, they're all phenomenal. And um, Greg uh, Jarden, the, the director, it's, it's his uh, feature directorial debut and it's, it's a concept on the page and on the screen that doesn't work unless you have a confident director who knows how to convey complex ideas in a clear manner. One of the things we were talking about, I think he brought it up in the interview, and then the folks who were working in the studio, we were talking about it all week, is he laid out the idea of good confusion versus bad confusion. Because sometimes whenever someone calls a movie confusing, it's like, uh uh-oh, it's probably not good. It's probably not well-written. But good confusion is so exciting because... Like that's what keeps you on your toes. Like when you don't quite know how everything is going to come together, when you don't know who to trust, when you don't know someone's motivations, the point is as long as it coalesces in the end and you get clarity then it works. And this particular movie I think does does good confusion exceptionally well.
1: That also sounds like one I'm, I'm reading a little bit about the film here on my second monitor. And this one sounds like one that I would actually be kind of interested in hearing more about the behind the scenes process for, because uh, according to this, it was shot in secret over the course of 18 days. So like, it sounds like it was probably a very guerrilla style sort of production, which
0: I always find fascinating personally. I I think you're going to dig this movie, John. I, I think exactly. you're going to I think you're going to like it like. On the screen, but also behind the scenes as well. It,
1: it, I will say it loses some points for me personally because it was shot in Portland and I just, yeah. I hate Portland so much <laughs> that like I see a landmark, it's going to make me angry. Uh, well, I grew up in Oregon, so like I'm justified in my hatred of Portland, but
0: <laughs> you're, you're safe. With that. I,
1: it, it sounds great. I'm going to, I'm going to check it out. Both of these films that you've talked about so far are two that I wanted to see and I'm going to. I'm going to be checking out because they sound they sound fascinating.
0: They're they're really great. And I actually I was pretty convinced that those movies were going to be my number one and my number two, like almost the entire festival. And then I went to my last screening of the festival. And it's just like, I don't even think this does the effect the movie had on me justice. Like it it just like it knocked the wind out of me. It floored me. I couldn't get over how effective this film was. It's my old ass. It's I also just love saying the title. Um, <laughs> I, adore, I adore this movie for anyone who doesn't know, this is the second feature for Megan park, the director. She also did the fallout with Jenna Ortega and Maddie Ziegler, which yeah. I thought was one of the best movies of that year. And I thought that it was so good that it could have been one of those festival releases that went throughout the year, built momentum, built hype, built buzz, and started to get some award season love. Even it's, it's that good, but then it, it didn't really get, you know, the biggest release. I believe it was only a streaming release too. So it would have taken it out of the Oscar conversation, but I thought that movie was exceptional. So obviously this was a high priority for me and I I went in with high expectations She still like blew those expectations away. Here's the synopsis. The summer before college, bright yet irreverent Elliot comes face to face with her older self during a mushroom trip. The encounter spurs a funny and heartfelt journey of self-discovery and first love as Elliot prepares to leave her childhood home. It is such a brilliant concept to explore the... Because you, you casually kind of play that game with yourself all the time. Like, if you could go back in time until your younger self, one thing, like, what would it be? The movie does, like, play into that idea like in that sense, in that surface level sense, but then it goes so much deeper and it has so much to say about our relationships with our past, our present, and our future. And then it also has a phenomenal lead performance from a young actor named Maisie Stella, who is like, I watched that. And to me, that is the definition of a breakout performance. Like if you need a launch pad Like, that's it. Everybody should be going after her, after her performance in this movie. And then her older self is played by Aubrey Plaza. And the two of them are perfect together. Perfect, John.
1: (laughs) I always love Aubrey Plaza. Every time that she shows up, I'm always happy. I've never been disappointed by an Aubrey Plaza performance. Even in movies that I didn't enjoy, like, for instance, the Child's Play remake which was kind of a stinker. She was probably the high point of that film for me. So I'm always happy to see her show up. Doesn't matter the film.
0: Yeah, usually when she chooses something I'm like, "All right, sign me up for that." Another uh, another good thing to know about my old ass is that Margarabi is involved via Lucky Chap and Lucky Chap is is soaring. I mean, they're they're at a point where they've built up so much consistency with their company that if they are attached to a project, you pretty much know with certainty you are going to get a movie of a certain quality if not higher. And this movie is especially high quality. So Keep an eye out for it. Wait, let me look up if it's available online. It's not available online either. I'm so sorry to anybody with the with the online access right now.
1: Um, so one thing that I want to know is you've you've just talked about your the your top three. What is one of the films that you saw that you didn't expect to like? as much as you did maybe you went into it being like eh, i'm watching this because i got nothing else to do or i'm watching it because i gotta you know i gotta cover this for an interview or whatever but then you saw it and you're like wow that was really good
0: i feel like my brain doesn't quite work that way like i don't ever that's not fair true. yeah well it it's not, it's not true when it's a traditionally released film, like a wider release that had a whole marketing campaign behind it where I've had access to things like trailers that I can judge and can set certain expectations. Whereas at Sundance, like most of the movies, all you have is a single still from the film. So it's it's hard to go in with like really low expectations. But I would say you'll appreciate this too behind the scenes. I think the one movie that maybe surprised me the most because like, I can't believe it exists. I can't believe the people involved just like jumped in feet first, gave this their all. And I, I, I couldn't believe how, how moved I was by the end of it too. It's Sasquatch sunset. Do you know what that movie is, John?
1: Uh, I've heard about it, but I don't know much beyond like, as you said, like us still. And that's about it.
0: So the the uh, synopsis that they put on the official Sundance website for that one is a year in the life of a singular family. That singular family is a family of Sasquatch, and it is actors you know like Riley Keogh and Jesse Eisenberg dressed head to toe like a Sasquatch, <laughs> and it it basically is a movie that imagines you know if if like footage of Sasquatch is real like. What does Sasquatch do, like day to day, when when it's not like running from human beings or like getting captured for a split second on a grainy video? And it, it just like follows their day to day life, like and the the mundane aspects of their life too. Like there's there's like long sequences where they're just like sitting there munching on leaves. They <laughs> they they throw their shit at stuff. <laughs> like it's there's there's so much absurd behavior in it, but it makes so much like it makes so much sense because the whole point in the movie is to imagine how like how they operate. And so I think it works really well on screen. But then also like my filmmaking loving brain is just so enthused by the idea that, I mean, actors just got to explore every creative possibility imaginable by putting on those suits and like swinging for the fences by like acting like a Sasquatch nonstop. It's, it's really fascinating. And it's fascinating to me how they could, you know, really make the most of that opportunity. But in a way that makes sense, ultimately, in the end, each Sasquatch feels well-defined. I understand where they fit in the hierarchy, what they want, what's important to them. And you really get invested in their lives.
1: Well, I will tell you that as somebody who who grew up in the Pacific Northwest, the home of Sasquatch, and of course, I grew up watching Harry and the Hendersons. I have a deep love for Sasquatch and cinema. I'm I'm on board. I'm sold. I'm here for it. And like I just like the as you said the the just from a filmmaking standpoint, the idea that like someone was just like, hey, let's just get people and just let them be Sasquatches and like be silly and ridiculous and weird. Like that sounds awesome. I'm all about it.
0: I'll, I'll throw in two more honorable mentions here because Sasquatch, Sasquatch Sunset's not available online. This other one that I'll mention very briefly, Ghostlight, is also not online, but it's really good. Do you know about that one, John?
1: That is one that I've heard. I, I haven't heard a lot of people mention a lot of specific films out of Sundance because like, my Twitter feed just, doesn't have a lot of people talking about it right now but Ghostlight is one that quite a few people have brought up and like even some people have been saying that they think that that might be the best film of the festival
0: i mean i i could get behind that if i had extended my list to a top five it would probably be in it it's um you know very very lightly it's it kind of explores the idea of how a man can you know, power through some struggle and grief via art, via acting in a play. And I feel like we've spoken about this before. Like the way my brain operates, sometimes I have an easier time processing the challenging things that I'm going through through movies rather than through real life. Yeah. And that, that is literally what this movie is doing. The other really cool thing about Ghost Light, and I was trying to explain this in my tweet in a way where I made clear that, like it wasn't done as a stunt, as a gimmick. It it just like it works really well and then it's cool to know about after the fact. It's a so it's about a family. It's a it's a mother, a father, and and a daughter. And in real life, they're a family of actors. Hmm. And I That's a know, recipe for disaster,
1: uh, if I've ever heard one. I know actor families and it's, it's a nightmare sometimes.
0: It's, it's pure gold for them. And they, they came into the interview studio and they're, they're, they're lovely people. And the, like the, the joy and the, and the pride they had in each other's performances, it was it was really such a beautiful thing. They are good performances all on their own, regardless of whether or not they're related in the movie. I, I just want to make it very clear that the movie doesn't like lean on that in a way that doesn't feel, you know, like it's serving the project over over a gimmick. Let's it's say. an
1: enhancement, but not a crutch.
0: It's just like a, it's a it's a cool, nice thing to think about after. I'm just, I'm very happy for them and, you know, especially the the younger one is on the rise right now. She was just in... um um, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. So I'm looking forward to seeing her soar. And there, like the family, is mostly in the uh, in the theater scene. I would love to see them get more screen roles. So there's that one. And here's one you can watch online. I wanted to make sure to to at least highlight one. And it was also another movie that I love, love, loved that I highly recommend. Pony Boy is available online. It looks like, um, according to the website. You can get tickets from January 25th to January 28th. And I recommend that. I'm a big fan of River Gaio, who wrote, produced, and acted in the movie. And that's just, that's another another person at Sundance this year that I would say keep an eye on them. Their screen presence in this movie is just Utterly infectious. They are the beating heart of this film. They suck you into it right away. And, and it's, it's their vision. And I just have a very good feeling that that is a star you are going to see soar in the coming weeks, months, years. River Gaio, Pony Boy, Dylan O'Brien is also in it. He's great. I love Victoria Padretti. She also shines in it. India Moore is in it in like an itty bitty role. And it's the perfect example, John, of there being no small roles takes that scene and just makes so much of them, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So, there's a, a whole bunch of titles for you.
1: So there's so there's something for people to check out. One that has come up in chat a couple of times that I want to ask about just to see if you saw it uh, would be Freaky Tales. A couple people brought that up.
0: Tales. I didn't it make didn't it in time. Yeah, mm, we, just, we we had gotten in that day, but I I've, I've heard some good things. I think Steve might have gone. I think Steve went to see it when we first got here. Petra Pascal yeah. I know people are curious. <laughs>
1: uh point is there were some fantastic films at Sundance and you got a, you got a chance to see some great ones that hopefully yes. people will be able to watch here soon. Yes um, do we know if do we know if those films have been bought, if a few of them that you talked I'm about I am
0: eagerly awaiting acquisition news. I'm uh I'm a little,
1: it, a little early to no, know, I suppose.
0: I'm a little disappointed there hasn't been more reports yet, but I know I got to be patient and wait for those deals to happen. But I want good things for all those movies I just name dropped.
1: I am I am even more disappointed now that I wasn't able to make it. Because all of those sound like fantastic films that I would have loved to have checked out. Plus it. there's a few others that I wanted to see that I'll just have to I'll just have to be patient and hope that I get the opportunity.
0: Make the most of the online library while you can.
1: I am going to be diving into some of that while working here shortly.
0: All right. At least as much
1: as I can, you know.
0: Pony Boy, check it out.
1: It's on my list. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing mint mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 to get 30 to get 20 20 to get 20 20 to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees Promoting for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com okay i like
0: that all right you ready to go on to our next topic
1: Yes, this one, I should (laughs) theoretically have a little bit more to say.
0: (laughs) Okay, Okay. I'm very curious to see where you stand on a lot of this. Um, We're going to move on to our final Oscar nomination predictions because uh, tomorrow's the day. It's it's time like no more nominations predictions after this, because we will know our nominees tomorrow. And John, I'm so excited. I'm so excited.
1: Are then when are the nominations coming out tomorrow? Is it in early morning? Are we gonna be able to talk about it on yeah. release tomorrow?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's okay. early morning. My time my time zones are all screwy right now, but it is early in the morning. So you will be able to talk about it on call. Okay, day. so people will be able to look forward to that. But let's talk about the nominations. So do you have lists, handy? Like can I can I ask you what your predicted ten for best picture is? I don't have ten for best
1: picture, but I do have some predictions for best picture. I don't oh. have the full numbers for all of them, but it's I do here. have a I have Best Picture figured out. Uh, Oppenheimer. I think Oppenheimer is going to be the big win across the board in a lot of categories. So I I think Oppenheimer is going to be there. The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Past Lives, Poor Things. And honestly, it would not surprise me if we saw Barbie get a little bit of a shout out. And American Fiction, I also think will be on there, but I'm not as sold on American Fiction being up there.
0: Uh, I wasn't counting properly. How many did you just name? You name eight?
1: two, three, four. Yeah. I think I named eight.
0: <laughs> I, think you, I think you got all eight. Like, I think all eight will go on to get best picture nominations, right? Right now, my list in order from one, one being most likely to 10 being least likely Oppenheimer, the holdovers, Barbie, poor things, killers of the flower moon, American fiction, maestro past lives. Then the two that you didn't name that I have on my list, I am betting on the color purple, getting a best picture nomination. The, The way I'm justifying that right now is the weight that comes with getting a SAG ensemble nomination. I do think that could push it into the conversation. And then for my 10th spot, I was choosing between Anatomy of a Fall and uh, the Zone of Interest. And I know many people think both are going to get on this list, especially after both made a history by getting PGA nominations. It was the the first time that two international features got PGA nominations. I'm having a hard time getting behind two international features getting into best picture. And the way that I'm thinking it through is that because France snubbed Anatomy of a Fall and it's not in contention for best international feature, we will see the zone of interest run away with that category. And then because a lot of folks out there are very passionate about Anatomy of a Fall, it's going to get a groundswell of support to get it into the best picture race. So I have that as my number 10.
1: I will say I did debate putting Anatomy of the Fall on there, but I didn't feel confident enough for a lot of the reasons that you listed, uh, for me to, like, really put it in there as, like, a set, you know, prediction. So it. it's like, up there. It, if it gets in, I will not be surprised at all. Is
0: there is there any dream Best Picture nominee? Like, something that is probably out of the realm of possibility, but you would just, like, lose it tomorrow if, shockingly, that film's name was called? Uh, the problem is, is that
1: most, like, we, like, when we talked about our favorite films of the year on the show across those two episodes, most of my top films are, like, genre films or, like, the kind of stuff that there's not a shot in hell that they're getting up there. Um, You know, I I will say not with Best Picture, but I will be very hyped if Godzilla Minus One gets Best yeah. International, which
0: I guess I'm that. not –
1: I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Uh, outside of that, as I said, most of my favorite films the last year are genres. So there's nothing that if it popped up, I'd be like screaming my head off. What about you? Well,
0: the the place where you could see Godzilla minus one pop up is is VFX. It did it did yes, I believe that, on that list. so it could it could be there. Um, I mean, I've like wrapped my head around the reality of the situation for so long. I'm I'm pretty set on this, but like you, I'm, I'm I'm a genre lover. If I like, if I could live to see the day where a really good Scream or Evil Dead sequel was nominated for Best Picture, I oh, would, if if I like, would, like
1: Evil Dead yeah. Rise got a nomination, I yeah. would probably I would I would faint. Which I mean, like I'm not a fainter, but I would <laughs> in disbelief, I would just be out on the floor, face down. Someone would have to resuscitate me. Oh,
0: here's a great example. Uh, the film that I would lose my mind if it got a Best Picture nomination would be Society of the Snow. I'm very hopeful Society of the Snow will get an international feature nomination. But, like, I'm I'm with you. I think that this movie needed more award season love than it got. And it should have been a more serious contender for Best Picture. Very good. Very good. Streaming on Netflix for anyone who hasn't watched it. I'll definitely have that, to check
1: because I, I haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> Can you give me your predictions for Best Director?
1: Okay, best director. This one is is uh where is it on my list? Here it is. So, uh I have 3 that I am like certain have on lock and then there are 3 that I'm I'm going to throw into maybes. Uh so the ones that I'm like yeah, they are getting nominated are Christopher Nolan, Martin Scorsese, and uh, I can never say this guy's name. Yorgos oh. Lan- Lanthimos. I think.
0: Yeah, you got it. No, you got it.
1: I've never had to say it out loud. So that's
0: like say it with authority because you know it. <laughs>
1: Yorgos Lanthimos, sure. Uh, and then my three maybes, uh, Alexander Payne for The Holdovers. I could definitely see that being there. And Cord Jefferson for American Fiction. No. Also another one. I think he did a solid job. Uh, Greta Gerwig, I think, would be could be thrown up there. I think she would fit. Do I think she's going to win? No, but I could see her being up there.
0: Yeah. Um, my... My list is somewhat similar. Like Christopher Nolan, I think is running away not just with like, the nomination; yeah. he's winning this category. Like something pretty like big would have to happen, I think, to shake up this race. So, I've got Christopher Nolan. I don't think you're you're separating Barbenheimer anymore. So, Greta Gerwig will be in this category, am I? Am I? Martin Scorsese, of course. I do have Yorgos Lanthimos, and then I switch gears from the WGA nominations with my last one. Um, they gave the nomination to Alexander Payne. Here's where I'm going to take him out because I think the holdovers might get a little more love in the screenplay categories and in the directing categories. And here's where I give the zone of interest more attention because I think Jonathan Glazer is going to be the one to get in. Usually what happens with the DGA nominations is ultimately, you know, roughly, like on average, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if that's the exact mathematical stat, but I'm expecting something like four of the five nominees that they chose to go on to get best pick. Picture nomination, so that's my one swap in this category.
1: He, I know that a lot of people he's he's on a lot of people's lists of predictions, so it would not surprise me at all. I just didn't really put it up there because I wasn't like super thrilled um with his directing. I think that there were other very very standout parts of that film, but his directing wasn't necessarily, I think, oh, cool. the strongest point. But that's just me.
0: Oh, the, yeah, point I point. My, you might be in the minority on that one. This I know, is, know
1: that I'm in the minority, and that's well fine. Like
0: that's why I give him the edge, because I feel like the way he went about filming that movie is, is what makes it exceptional. And I think a lot of there's a lot of people out there who do recognize that. And it could push him in over, you know, and I'm not saying that this is how the thinking should be. But, you know, I, I find that sometimes when it's a film that's a little more grounded and less flashy, like let's say the holdovers, it can be easier to overlook what goes into directing a film like that versus something uh, like, like Oppenheimer or, or with something with a, a specific style, like the zone of interest, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I get it. Like, I'm not, not going to, you know, look down on people for disagreeing with me or anything.
0: Never do, never do. All right. Do you want to do uh best act, best actress and best actor, and then we'll, we'll call quits.
1: Yeah. I mean, I also have best supporting for both of those, but we can run through those really quick. Uh, so best actor, uh, I've got four that I'm confident with, which is uh, Killian Murphy, Paul Giamatti, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Bradley Cooper. I think those are the four names that pretty much everyone has on their lists.
0: Wait, um, you, said, you said Killian, Bradley, Paul Giamatti, and who was the other one?
1: Uh, DiCaprio.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And maybe not... he's not as uh, on as many lists as the other three, but I would I would certainly put him up there.
0: Um, Leonardo DiCaprio is the one that I've predicted will get bummed out of this category for a little while now. And then I think the SAG nominations gave me a little more faith in my own prediction. And it's not, I'm not like rooting for that to happen. I thought Killers of the Flower Moon overall was great. I think he's great in it. But I think that the Oscar nominee list is going to mirror in this category, the SAG nominees. And, you know, I'm kind of, ho- I'm kind of hoping that they do here because, like, I, I really like a lot of these performances, like, a lot, a lot, a lot. I have Killian – well, no, now, actually, not anymore. If I'm doing it my list in order, it is now Paul Giamatti as my number one. He is the front runner in this category now. I think it's going to be a battle,
1: but I think it can be either one of them.
0: Paul Giamatti is uh, – he's picking up some serious momentum oh, right now. Oh, he is, for sure. He's my number sure. one on. that I have – Killian Murphy. Then I have Bradley Cooper. Then I have Jeffrey Wright. And then I have Coleman Domingo. And then when yeah, I'm going to just say this with authority, because I, I want it to happen when Coleman Domingo's name is called out, that is one of the ones that I will be most happy about. I really like Rustin. I thought it was very underseen, but it is also very, very clear to me that like his performance is like the anchor, the reason that movie works, and it's just so clear that he gave every ounce of himself and then some to that role. It is, like, truly transformative, so powerful. I, th- I think he needs to get recognized for that performance.
1: A nomination, honestly, I don't think is out of the question. I think that you'll probably get it. You're I, probably right, to be honest.
0: I, in that case, I certainly hope to be right there's There's some instances I'll tell you, John, where like if I'm wrong, I won't care because I think we had we had a good year of releases and, oh, yeah. like there's a lot of categories where it makes me so happy that I'm looking at the list and saying, you know maybe I would pick that person, but if that person won, I won't be mad about it because they're great too. It doesn't happen like that every year.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: all right. This is going to be a great
1: year, I think just
0: across the board. Best actress.
1: Best Actress. So uh I said on a previous episode of Dailies when I was with Steve talking about one of the awards that happened last week. I can't remember which one it was. That uh I think it's going to be down to a battle of the stones, as I called it. I think it's going to be Lily Gladstone or Emma Stone. I think it's going to be one of those two who are going to win. But also with the nominations, Carrie Mulligan, uh Annette Benny and Greta Lee, I think are all good. Yeah solid options so a couple of those i know that annette Benny and Greta lee aren't ones that a lot of people are like sold on but i think they did a great job in their films enough that i think that they deserve the nomination
0: so this is a case where i can i can say very much i like your list i like your (laughs) list a lot and and i i do agree that it's it's mostly down to i guess the battle of the stones right right now emma stone is very much my clear front runner but after See, i now- give it
1: i give it to gladstone personally that's just that's mostly me wanting her to win more than thinking if she is or not
0: i i do think I, I think Lily Gladstone is great. Again, it's a situation where I won't be mad if she won. But even as someone who has been in awe of many Emma Stone performances, I, what she does in poor things just boggles my brain. Like, I, I think that that is on another level, even compared to her past nominated and winning performances. Like, that that's really just... Like a once in a lifetime kind of role. And I, I would just be shocked if she wasn't rewarded for, for what she This does.
1: is this is probably the hardest part of our job is trying to like figure out who we think might win because there are so especially this year, there's so many good options in every category that yeah. it's that there's no like wrong answer really. There's no, no. invalid opinion.
0: I'll say Emma Stone's my frontrunner. Lily Gladstone is the potential upset. I, I think, uh, depending on how the rest of the season goes, we could start uh, switching gears with that. Carrie Mulligan's my number three. Then I have Margot Robbie at number four. And then I'm going Fantasia Burino at number five. I, uh, I am predicting that, I guess, the color purple gets more love tomorrow than I think others are predicting. But, I don't know, I don't understand how you walk away from that film, especially with, like, how strongly her performance builds and you're not rocked to your core by what she does in that movie. So I am giving her the edge, but I don't think, I don't think you're wrong about Annette Benning. I think there is a real chance that, that we could see both Annette Benning and Jodie Foster get Oscar nominations. Greta yeah. Lee, while I think she's very deserving to be in the conversation and I would like to see her name pop up on the list, I I feel like past lives might have uh, stronger chances in other categories.
1: Yeah. Those two the last two Benning and Lee are the two that I'm not I'm not the most confident. They're they're sort of wishful
0: thinking okay. in a lot of ways. I'll take so. wishful thinking. All right, do you want to briefly do uh best supporting actor and actress?
1: Yes. I'll just uh rattle them off right now. Best supporting actor Robert Downey Jr. I think it's going to win. I think that's kind of I think it's his to lose. Uh Willem Dafoe, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo. I could also see Sterling K Brown or Charles Melton. Getting getting some nods.
0: You went you went double poor things. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think that if if it's gonna
1: be one of the two of them, I think Willem Dafoe. But either one of them wouldn't surprise me.
0: I've been saying Mark Ruffalo all along and then all of a sudden the SAG nominations came out and Mark Ruffalo's name was not on the list and Willem Dafoe's was, so that definitely changed mine. Right now my list is Robert Downey Jr. I think he is the frontrunner to win. Then I have Ryan Gosling for Barbie, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, then Willem Dafoe for Poor Things, and my number five, I'm so happy to say this now, Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction. I have been championing his performance in this movie the whole season, but when it comes to making predictions you know I, I want to give you as accurate predictions as possible and I understood that you know he was more on the bubble he was more in the honorable mention section but then he got a sag nomination
1: I think and, I uh, feel uh, like just just across the board it feels like American fiction isn't getting the 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 buzz when it comes to awards that I would think it deserves. So there's a lot of categories where I was like thinking about it. And I was like, can I fit somebody from American fiction in here? Do I feel confident putting them in here? And I struggled sometimes uh, just I, because looking at other awards, I was like, I don't know how it's how it's faring.
0: I think it's got a pretty good shot. Um I'm really I'm really hoping the Sterling K. Brown Sag nomination turns into an Oscar nomination tomorrow morning. I think Jeffrey Wright is in pretty good shape. I'd be shocked if it wasn't included in Best Picture. I do think it's gonna get a screenplay nomination. I, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty strong contender in a number of categories. And you know, the only reason why not I mean, not the only reason, it's because there's lots of talent in that particular category, but When I think about someone like Cord Jefferson and um, and Celine Song in the best director category, you know, it's a stacked year with a lot of industry icons, a lot of previous nominees. And they are first time feature filmmakers. So I'm very glad that they got that honor at the DGA nominations. But I I don't think they're going to get best picture nominations, although I'm not ruling out the possibility entirely. But again, a stacked year. It's going to be hard.
1: And then uh, supporting actress, I've got Emily Blunt, Divine Joy Randolph, Jodie Foster, Danielle Brooks are the ones that I'm – yeah, sorry, not Jodie Foster for that one. Julianne Moore. Yeah. Uh Oh. J- Jodie Foster, I put her on the wrong list because um, I intended her to be a maybe for actress. Um, yeah, and then Danielle Brooks is my one, uh, my one color purple nomination. Uh, I haven't actually seen the color purple personally. I haven't had one. time. But I've heard a lot of buzz specifically around her performance. So I do, I do feel like there is a little bit of a, a possibility there. My maybes uh would probably be Penelope Cruz for Ferrari. I could see that. I could see winds blowing in her direction. I could also see her being bumped out of it.
0: Yeah. Um, right now I think this race is another one that's over. Divine Joy Randolph is going to win this award. I would be absolutely shocked if she didn't. I think Dan Fox is in very, very good shape with getting that nomination. Just like I, I think Fantasia Brino is absolutely phenomenal jaw-dropping work in the color purple. But I do think the, I do think the person who took the most amount of the spotlight was Daniel Brooks in terms of people's takeaway from that movie and who they're going to be rooting for most in the Oscar race. But I do really want to see them both get nominations. Emily Blunt is my number three. Jodie Foster is my number four. I think Nyad has its best chance of getting a nomination in this particular category, but again, wouldn't be mad if Annette Bening got one too. So the number five is a big, big old toss-up. You all already mentioned Julianne Moore for May December. She is a maybe on my list as well, but um May December I feel like has has experienced this trajectory during Oscar season. I think it is almost entirely pushed out of the conversation, especially with Charles Melton Snub in the uh, in this in the supporting actor category from the SAG uh from the uh SAG Award. So I am not including Julia Moore on my list. Penelope Cruz did get the SAG nomination, but I think that was a SAG only thing. I think that's going to be the nomination that doesn't cross over into Oscar territory.
1: That's why she's a solid maybe for me.
0: I start to look at my other options and I'm like, what's making the difference here? Probably the difference maker is going to be the strength of a a campaign. And I think one of the strongest campaigns being mounted right now is the Barbie campaign. And in particular, I think they have gone above and beyond to, to make sure that America Ferreira has has taken up a, a good chunk of that stage. And then on top of that, when you think about some of the most memorable moments in Barbie, how often do you hear people talk about her speech, her monologue in Barbie? That isn't just something that plays well in the movie. It's something that people have taken out of the movie, taken with them, and it has become a, pot, a part of pop culture. I think she actually has the edge over a lot of the other names we're tossing around.
1: She was another one that I debated putting on there, but I just – maybe I just don't feel as strongly about Barbie as some people do that I just didn't – I didn't put it on in many categories.
0: But who knows?
1: I could be surprised.
0: We shall see. We shall see. We shall see tomorrow morning. I believe the time time is is 8.30 a.m.
1: Yeah, that's what – somebody in chat said it specifically i forgot who it was it's,
0: it's always five five thirty pacific which is like I'm, I'm glad that i get like an extra hour so now i can wake up at like a little before six thirty mountain time i don't know um but that's it john before we say goodbye you want to promote something
1: uh yeah, as I as I have promoted in the past over on collider.com, we do vi- we do premium video content now. So if you are on the website and you see an article's thumbnail that has a little play button in the corner and I think also it says a runtime now, uh you could when you go into that article there's going to be a video element alongside the article. It's like a uh sometimes it's a TLDR of the list uh or the video or article or whatever. Sometimes it's a Additional things. Sometimes it's an interview segment that has been connected. Sometimes it's something that is tangentially connected to the topic. Either way, it is something to just make your experience on Collider.com a more full one. So go ahead and check that out. I spend far too much time of my like waking hours working on that. And uh, I hope that you all enjoy it.
0: Um, yeah, you, you, you work a lot on those videos and you work really hard and it's, it's quality stuff. And I think it's important to emphasize that those videos are made by a very talented human being and they're very well done. So everybody should watch
1: very talented human beings, because there are three of us who do that.
0: I should give the full team credit, but you are the one that I'm looking at. And I know you're very good at what you do. (laughs) Those videos out, appreciate them. And I'll just take a, a moment to tease. There's a lot of Sundance interviews coming your way. I I can't remember what the grand total is, but I know I did 16. And I met like a lot of really cool, talented people. And, you know, some some of them we all know, but there's a bunch that you're going to get to meet for the first time through these interviews. And I'm just so excited to, you know, be a little teeny part of giving a really talented individual, you know, the start of building a platform. So I'm excited to share all those with you.
1: I, uh, obviously, I'm not going to ask you which one because it's like picking a favorite child. Like you no, I can pick it. a favorite. Oh, you can.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, okay, hit
1: us, which one's your favorite interview?
0: Um, it's my favorite movie. It was my old ass. I didn't get the chance to to talk to Megan for the Fallout, so I was really excited to do that. And then um, and then to to get to you know have a moment to to uh, spotlight some some young stars that I think are like really going places is one of just it's it's like one of the best parts of of Sundance and I know I know I already mentioned um uh Maisie Stella who I think is is going to to skyrocket but then one of the actors who played her character's best friends in the movie, Carice Brooks also came in for that interview. And it's like, yet again, another example of someone taking a small amount of screen time and having like such energy and like an infectious presence that like, she just makes like a huge, huge, huge impression on the movie. And it happens on screen, but also in person as well. Just like a a really, really like, warm, wonderful energy that I couldn't get enough of. So I'm really excited for everybody out there to get to meet them as well. So very excited to share that interview.
1: Check out out that interview, all of the rest of Perry's interviews, all the rest of the interviews, all all of the interviews that were done by everybody, all of the hard work that was put in by everybody there at at Sundance. uh, Go ahead and check that out. Collider.com. They will be up very shortly, I'm sure. Uh, so go ahead and we'll, check that we'll out. Try. Also, Collider slider interviews on YouTube and uh, they'll be, they'll be tweet like clicks. Clips will be tweeted out and on TikTok and all sorts of stuff. So there's plenty of ways for you to consume that content uh, and it's going to be great stuff. I'm looking forward to a lot of it.
0: Thank you. I'm going to spend
1: an entire people. day watching all of the interviews.
0: I, I hope you enjoy them. I hope you enjoy them. We definitely had a lot of fun doing them and I appreciate the opportunity to get to do them. So, That is where we will leave you today. Tomorrow, John, is it you and Maggie tomorrow, It's me and
1: Maggie. I think that's what's on the schedule, yes.
0: I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I imagine you are going to be talking about the Oscar nomination. So if you want to see John and Maggie discuss uh, our nominees, tune in tomorrow, again, for a brand new Collider Dailies at 10 a.m. Pacific. They will see you then. Have a good day, everyone.